Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents, where a Karen learns how dark and twisted Japanese anime can truly get. Our next Reddit post is from HB Gunshot. I used to work at a large-scale bookstore. It was common for parents to come in and ask for recommendations for their kids, and they were usually extremely grateful for the help. It was a slow night when in walks the entitled parent. Now, it's been about two years since this happened, but I can still clearly remember her walking into the store and me thinking to myself that this was going to be one of those interactions. She had the classic Karen haircut, and she wore an expression of self-importance. You know the look. You're a retail worker, and I make so much more than you, so I'm better than you, type of look. I said, hey, is there anything I can help you find today? Yes, my daughter is into that Japanese cartoon thing, and I want to get her reading more. She wants some of those books for her birthday. So, for those who don't know, that Japanese cartoon thing is called anime, and a lot of the time the show is based off a comic-like book called a manga. We had two sections for manga, one that had more mature series for people 16 and older, and then one for younger kids that included series like Naruto, Sailor Moon, Oran High School Host Club, etc. I took her over to the manga section while asking how old her daughter was, 11, what sort of things she was into, and what the entitled parent was okay with her reading. Usually, I can get a decent idea of what the kid might like, but the entitled parent was giving me nothing to work on. After I prod some more, the entitled mother rolls her eyes at me. Just give me whatever's popular with girls her age. I say okay, and as I lead her away from the 16 plus section towards the kids section, something catches the entitled mother's eye. I thought you said there was nothing in this section for my daughter. I turn, and I see that she's holding up the first volume of Puella Magi Madoka Magica. The art style is really deceiving with that series. It's drawn super cutesy, and all the girls look really young and innocent. It looks like your typical magical girl series, where the girls dance around and fight bad guys with their powers. And for the start of the story, yeah, it is like that. Until it's not. It's classified as a psychological thriller and dark fantasy, and oh boy is it ever. I watched the anime, and let me tell you, that story messed me up for a bit. It is definitely not something an 11-year-old girl should be reading. I say, oh, that series looks cute, but it's actually pretty graphic and deals with mature subjects. I'm not sure that's something an 11-year-old could handle. The entitled parent begins flipping through the book. So, manga set up differently than your average book. It's basically backwards. So, what the entitled parent thought was the end of the first volume was actually just the beginning. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. It looks fine. No, I've watched the series. The beginning is intentionally like that. There's a lot of messed up things in that series that I don't think would be suitable for a girl your daughter's age. Why are you trying to stop me from buying this? Books are going out of business and you need my sales. I'm not trying to stop you from buying anything. I was taking you over to where there's manga that was more suitable for your daughter's age. No, you're stopping me from buying this. Can I speak to someone who actually knows what they're talking about? Joke's on her. I was the only one working that evening who knew anything about manga or comic books. My break was coming up, and I really didn't want to fight her on this. Ma'am, I'm just saying that that series gets dark. If you're okay with your daughter reading that, then you can buy it. I'm just doing my job letting you know that it isn't as innocent as it looks. Oh my god, this is all just kid stuff anyways. Mature adults don't read this kind of garbage. The look she gave me made it clear that what she said was a personal jab at me. 
I was 26 during this incident, and while I might look young, I do look to be out of my teens. This Karen had the nerve to look down her nose at me for trying to help her with her daughter's present and then says that? Oh, hell no. I felt the malicious compliance start to bubble within. Well, if you're okay with her reading it, then I'm not stopping you from buying it. If that's what you think she'll like. The entitled parent huffs and then proceeds to buy the entire series for her daughter. Free from her, I go on my break and tell my manager about it. We laugh about it. I finish my shift and go home. The next shift, my manager finds me and tells me that the next day, they got a call from an entitled mother screaming at the poor person who answered the phone. That her precious baby began crying when her favorite character died an extremely violent way and it was that stupid girl's fault. Who convinced Karen that this series was perfectly fine for her 11-year-old daughter. My manager told the lady that she can return the books if she wants, but reminded her that I had tried many times to say that it wasn't appropriate for her daughter. The entitled parent gets all huffy, says that she'll tell everyone she knows about how horrible we are, and that she'll make an already dying store dead. My manager and I had a good laugh about it later. Yeah, OP, I definitely know what you mean here. Some anime and manga can get super dark and twisted. I'm a big scaredy cat, I don't like horror movies, I don't like psychological thrillers, I like happy, fun stuff. I've watched some anime that start off really innocent, but get dark and depressing really fast. That's why I just stick with my favorite genre, hentai. <laughs> Our next Reddit post is from Carl the Well Endowed. Last night, when I went to open Netflix, I found out that my TV had been signed out. When I went to sign back in, I couldn't do it. It had been about a year since I last signed in, so I assumed that I just forgot my password and requested to reset it. When I went to my email, I saw an email from Netflix this morning saying that my password had been successfully changed. Obviously, this was kind of a red flag, so I went through all of our subscription services and updated passwords and changed my email password just in case. I got a call from my brother's ex-wife about an hour ago asking me why I changed my password. For context, they've been divorced for about four years now. I didn't realize that she still had my account info, and I was a bit annoyed, and I told her that someone had changed the password on me, and that I didn't feel comfortable giving out my account info, especially not to someone that I wasn't in contact with. For context, I have my in-law staying with me at the moment, so I guess we maxed out the number of devices that I can have on my Netflix. When she called, Kate explained how she had tried to get into her account on Christmas night and was greeted with a message that there was too many users on the account so she couldn't access it. So she got the idea that it would be totally fine with me if she logged into our Netflix account and changed my password so that her and her husband could watch their show. She said this calmly, like it was the most reasonable thing in the world. I nearly lost it! I have no idea how anyone would think that it would be okay to change someone else's password because you're too cheap to pay for it yourself. I told her I do not want to hear from her anymore, that I am not giving her our info, and I hung up. Fifteen minutes ago, she called my wife and asked for our Disney Plus password. I was lazy and had the same account info for each streaming service, and apparently she figured that out and was logged into several of our services. When I realized who my wife was talking to and what about, I motioned for the phone. Kate was whining that she at least needs to have access to Disney Plus so that her son could watch Bluey, and that he just needed it to be able to get ready for bed. I told her to F off and hung up. Great way to ruin my mood for the night. 
Okay, so my buddy Parker has a Netflix subscription, and he's nice enough to let me use a subscription. Great. However, we live in the same state, but we live in completely different cities. So there's a slight concern that Netflix will figure out that, you know, we shouldn't be sharing account info because we're not in the same household. So I came up with a genius workaround to this solution. My friend Parker's Netflix profile is named Parker, obviously. My Netflix profile is Dabney, who totally lives in the same house as Parker. So far, it's been, I don't know, like six years, and Netflix hasn't caught on to my genius deception. Our next Reddit post is from Dorfer. I'm French-American and live near Paris. A few months ago, I had to renew my American passport because the old one had expired. This was my first time that I had to renew it since I turned 18, so I decided that I would go to the American embassy without my mother for the first time. I'd get things done on my own like a big boy. So, the day of the meeting, I show up at the embassy 15 minutes before the time of the meeting as instructed, and the line to get in is a mess. There are two TSA security points, one outdoors and one indoors. The area in between the two checkpoints is orderly, but before that first TSA checkpoint, everyone was just bunched up and participating in the Hunger Games to get in before everyone else. When I got there, I called my mother because I was anxious that I might be late for my meeting at the embassy. She told me to just go to the TSA agents and tell them that I had a meeting. When I hung up, the French people around me told me that Americans had been called forth earlier, so I got to skip the first line just by waving my passport in the air. Turns out, having an American passport at the American embassy makes you a VIP! So I'm waiting in line at the second TSA checkpoint, and I'm waiting for the TSA agent to call me into the building. As I'm waiting, I hear some commotion behind me. Some lady, the entitled mother in this story, is pushing everyone aside, yelling, I'm American. I have priority. Let me through. She had a five-year-old boy with her. When she gets up to me, she tries to push me aside, yelling, I have to get my boy his passport. Now, this woman was five feet tall with her arms up, and I'm six feet tall. And even though I'm not very heavy, I don't budge easily. She looks at me in shock and shouts, How dare you! I'm American. I have every right over you here. Now let me pass. I had all of my papers in my hand, and my current passport at the time was underneath of it, so she couldn't have known that I was an American. The TSA agent gestures me to come forth, and the entitled mother starts cutting in front of me, telling her boy, Come on, son, we can finally go in, and yanks his arm. I gently, but firmly, grab her by the shoulder, stop her in her tracks, and move forward. She looks me dead in the eye and says, What is wrong with you? I should go first. I told you I'm American. As she says this, I pull my passport from underneath my papers, wave it in her face, and say, Well, so am I, B-word. That's when one of the TSA agents from the first checkpoint came to take the Karen back to the end of the line. As I entered the building, I shouted back, Enjoy the line with the French people! Our next Reddit post is from Majestic Lengthiness. Priority seats are for the disabled, elderly, expecting mothers, and those with infants. That's what the sign on the train said, and it's something important to remember. I was on the subway in Japan, and you can tell just by looking at me that I'm a disabled person. I use a custom-made brace on my leg, a cane, and a back brace. To put it simply, I'll be losing the ability to walk soon, and I want to walk still as much as I can. After a day of sightseeing, I get on a subway, and I see that there's priority seating still left. Seeing that there's no elders hitting to priority seating, I sit down, and God, it felt good. I was going to be on this train for about an hour, so I pulled out my phone to read. 
The entitled mother gets on at the next stop with a man, a stroller, and a boy about seven years old. When she sees that she has to fold up her stroller, she looks annoyed. But when she sees that there's no open seats, she looks damn right pissed. One look at me, a 25-year-old, and she begins to scoff and say loudly, I thought there was priority seating in this train. Guess me and my child can't sit down. It'd be nice to have priority seating available for mothers. Some people look at her, clearly confused. But I don't get up, and neither do the elders. The entitled mother decides to move an inch or two closer to me and demand that I get up. I firmly tell her that priority seating covers disabilities too, and that just because she has a child, that doesn't make her special. She tries to get people to sympathize with her, but no one is looking at her. When she tells me that I'm not disabled, that I'm just fat, I opened up my brace enough to reveal a very large and bruising scar. She paled, and when I got off the train, I made sure that an elderly man got my seat. F you, Karen! I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that in Japan, being really loud on public transportation is considered really rude. So if that's true, then that means Karen was being double rude. Rude to OP, and then rude culturally by being loud during everyone's quiet, peaceful train time. Our next Reddit post is from Hometown Gypsy. Necessary background. I'm a 35-year-old woman, and I lost my biological mom to drowning when I was five. My dad raised me and my sister solo for years, but remarried when I was 12 or 13. My stepmom, who's 58, was verbally abusive, jealous of my relationship with my dad, and jealous of my closeness with any family members on my mom or dad's side. She also hated that I refused to let her adopt me. I just never saw her as a true mom. I didn't think that she liked me. She scared me more than making me feel safe or happy. And she showed blatant favoritism to her biological son because he could just run to his dad if he doesn't like it, but you're stuck here. Anyway, my dad died of lung cancer in 2010. I stayed in touch with my stepmom because I genuinely love my stepbrother and his wife and kids. I'm very low contact with my stepmom, and my sister is no contact with my stepmom. I held off seeing her for years using COVID as an excuse, but finally I ran out of excuses and she came to visit after Christmas for a long weekend. Since she hadn't seen me in person for a few years, she noticed a new tattoo that I had. It's three simple line drawings, one of a tree, one of crystals, and one of a robot. She asked what they meant, and I said, Well, the tree's for my mom, since one of the few memories that I have of her is when she taught me how to climb a tree in our yard. The crystals are for my dad, because he was a geophysicist and a rock collector and loved to dig for quartz crystals in Arkansas. And the robot is for my nephew, my cousin's son, who died when he was six. He had drawn this robot for me on the last time that I got to see him. She paused, sat back, and then responded, So, God forbid, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, what would you get for me? I was so hurt, but also not surprised. She's made comments before to the tune of, Do I have to die to get you to appreciate me? So it wasn't totally out of the blue. But it made me so sad that there was absolutely no empathy, no compassion. It was all, Well, what about me? Don't I deserve a memorial? Ugh. <laughs> I don't know why, but the first thing that pops into my head is you being like, the next time you see your, your stepmom. Hey, stepmom, you inspired me so much that I got a tattoo. Check it out. It's a tattoo of a bus running over you. See, there's your little face screaming out in agony as the bus is rolling over your spinal cord. 
That was r slash Entitled Parents. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.